Now then, you're very welcome along. Monday evening here and off the ball. Great to be with you. So it was one of those close but no cigar type nights for Ireland at Hampden Park. It was a good performance in many ways. However, the end result does raise the possibility of relegation from Group B in the Nations League should the unthinkable, the unthinkable happen tomorrow. I appreciate it did happen in Yerevan, but surely not. Dan McDonald is uh, with us this evening on the football show. Plus, uh, Monday Night Rugby is coming your way. Rory O'Connor and Fiona Hayes will talk about Ulster's bright start, Connacht's struggles, Bundiaki's red card. And really, I mean, Munster 0 for 2 in the ORC and with a genuinely very, very poor performance. So it's been a terrible start under Graham Rentree. That is on the way after 8 o'clock. 53106, the text number. We're at off the ball on Twitter. Michael McCarthy here in the studio. Hello. Hi, Joe. And Richie McCormick with us as, hello, as well. Hello. <laughs> welcome, Joe. Thank you very much for having me. You're uh, very welcome. You're very welcome. So, uh, busy evening. Funny, if uh, I put it to you, uh, this was where something uh, said about the Munster game, Richie. I can't have this. The yep. performance. I can't have this. I can't dress it up any better. Surprised at the inaccuracy, particularly going into their 22 and our ability to keep the ball in that area. That really shocked me. I'll be honest with you. It was just so poor. Eight turnovers in the first half, ill discipline, lost line outs, knocked on, never got a foothold in the game. That's not angry fan or angry pundit. That is Graeme Rentree assessing his side after their 23 17 defeat away to Dragons. Yeah, it wasn't good enough. You don't you don't get away with, with losing the Dragons, who, with the greatest will in the world, are not the strongest force in Welsh rugby, never mind uh, the URC. Um, there is going to be a huge teething process, it now seems, uh, for the new coaching ticket, which isn't just round here, of course. There's others underneath of, of coming there in the summer too. But it's going to be a while before that Munster team does actually, does actually gel. Um, I guess the worrying part from a Munster fan's perspective would be what does that look like when it does gel? Because so far there hasn't been any real evidence of, of what Graham Rowntree's monster at its best will actually look like. There's been fits and starts within games, but nothing you could really hang on. And I guess that result on, at the weekend will really have people a little bit worried as to what the season might bring. Like, I, it's still two games in. There's still a lot of internationals to find their way back to full fitness. And Graham Rowntree will get his, his feet under the table with a group of players that he does already know, let's not forget. Um, they're going to be okay but it might just be a bumpy road to get there I tell you what you can get away with Mick being Republic of Ireland manager and just losing games willy-nilly nah stop it, Hamden Park. Ah, stop it. no problem never ends sure it's like... carte blanche to Damien Delaney yeah I heard it and I've look I mean a lot of people do feel that way Joe um, I wonder are we always looking at the wider picture I mean we've lost games in the past that I feel should bring up a lot more scrutiny than what happened on Saturday. Ireland play well, probably, you know, dominate one half, get dominated in, the, in, in another, have a chance to win a game or have a chance to go ahead at a time when it would be difficult for Scotland to get back into it. Away from home, amazing atmosphere, enjoyable game to watch. And we lost mm. to a penalty that, while a penalty, let's not get into the dispute, the, the dispute around that, was an unlucky one to give away. You know, was was like incredibly unlucky. I didn't think Scotland were going to score at that point in the game, and you're having a different conversation if we had one of our national, you know, our national treasure won all draws. Um, the bigger test, for, the bigger game for me is tomorrow because we're not going to qualify. This Nations League doesn't matter. Nobody's going anywhere as much as we can argue about Stephen Kenny between you know, you know, in this window. 
the Euros is the only thing that matters. He's going to be there for the Euros. And if we don't qualify, I'd imagine he's gone. If we qualify, he stays on, right? It's as simple as that. Uh, we're not going to qualify for the Euros if we have a result like Luxembourg, if we have a result like Armenia, if we have a result like Azerbaijan. We have to win those games. They're the ones that he. I think there's a huge question mark over. Performances like that on Saturday, we could have won it, we could have drew it, we could have lost it. That's going to happen against teams like Scotland. Yeah, I don't think, Rich, it's difficult to have any great problem with what Ireland produced on Saturday. Yeah, it, like go along with Mick to a degree there. Like It was a case of one of those results where SH1T happens and sometimes you just have to take it and move on. Um, I don't necessarily share the enthusiasm about the first half performance that uh, a lot of people would have had. I thought the first half, I know the atmosphere played into it. I know the sense of quote-unquote local derby played into it a bit too, that it was a bit more ragged than your average international. But I saw Bazunu playing the ball long and awful lot. I thought our strikers were isolated in ways that they possibly shouldn't have been if you're looking to control the game a little bit more than uh, you want to in that aspect. It, like it, But again, they didn't play overly badly. Like You can't point towards a bad performance there. And this is just going to be, you would figure, one of those bumps along the road and you have to look at kind of the bigger picture. There isn't necessarily a license to lose games and we're going to get texts in about you know this being Stephen Kenny FM again. Um, but I, for me, the performance wasn't brilliant. I think there's probably a better one to come. The worrying thing from, from an Armenia perspective is that like they're going to be massively wounded animals after their result against Ukraine. Like they were beaten five nil. They're really humbled. There's uh, ructions among their press walking out of the manager's press conference today. Uh, they do have four players back from suspension, so they will be kind of renewed in their challenge. But it wasn't a bri- it wasn't a, it wasn't a bad performance on Saturday. That's the thing. Nobody can say nobody can come away from the game going, well, we didn't live up to our optimum there. And well, it was what it was. Kind of take the defeat in the chin and, and move on to the next one. And we should have enough to beat in Armenia and to say that should with a massive emphasis underneath it and all in caps. There was a real who'd be a manager vibe as well about Saturday. You set up the team well, you get do everything goal. you can, you get your goal and then moments like the handball, Troy Parrott's chance and Matt Doherty's hanging leg yeah, and, and John Egan going to sleep as well. Like, I mean, he scored the goal, but we have to be honest about what happened. That's like, you know, there's 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 four individual errors there. They're Adam Brown, control. Troy Brown, John Egan, to Kenny, authority. he never hangs out Punish for the players or individuals over mistakes. He'll never do it. Like previous managers at a certain point, when they've just <laughs> frayed enough, they end up blurting out, well, I just don't know the players. And almost it's out or, there. And it's or like, when, when they feel that they've done the good job and they've yeah. been let down. Yeah, look, I mean, again... I've seen a good bit of that out of uh, Stephen Gerrard over the last couple of years. We've seen it out of Frank Lampard. We've seen it out of former Ireland managers, as you mentioned. I, like, it's better not to be that way. Yeah. But it does, it does beg the question as like, what can Stephen Kenny say in these interviews then? Because sometimes that is a fact, you know? Like, I mean, Matt Doherty, I thought, like, for someone that hasn't played football, had a decent game. Mm. But, like, he made a mistake. That's fine. It's okay. But it, it's, it cost us, you know? You get away with a lot of them a lot of the time, you know? Yeah. So where it leaves us tomorrow is win essential and that puts a lot of the murmurings to bed. Yeah, not, everybody accepts that. Nothing changes Euros. if we don't win, I suppose. Like, I mean, we, you know, like what if we like, lose, it's a disaster. It if really we, if is, we lose, it is very worrying. No, but you see, I think, I think even if we don't win, worrying would be still where I am. I just think that the conversation about whether we should sack the manager or not, like, I mean, it... it it just needs to be put aside. Like, I mean, he's there till the Euros. These are competitions. Oh, yeah. to, but then... 
the Euros is no more excuse land. But if we're still not able to beat Armenia, that's just, it's a massive pattern that we're not able to beat the weaker teams. And again, I just think it puts a Saturday to me on the back burner as like, you know, maybe Richie's point that it wasn't as good as, as, as some are making out is, is fine. Like, I will take us being in games away from home against teams slightly better or the same as us and me enjoying the game as opposed to the exact same situation in the past and finding it hard to stay awake or just feeling like you're wasting your life watching these guys <laughs> as it was in the past. But, like, at the same time, we trusted that we were going to beat Armenia two days later. And I think that people have huge concerns that that's not the case tomorrow night. Mm. Well, we'll talk more with Dan McDonald. There is a kind of nagging habit as well as we head towards March 2023 that, you know, Portugal away, score first and lose 2-1. Serbia, score first, lose 2-1. Score first against Scotland, lose 2-1. That Ireland are in these games and just not quite sealing the deal. And so there's a an optimistic temptation to say, well, they're growing as a group and seven of the 11 are under 23 and they'll really benefit from these experiences. But obviously this trend has continued up to and including Saturday night. So is it going to click next year in the Euros? Will we be looking back on Hampden Park and the experience in Portugal and saying, you see, they had to go through those moments to learn how to see out games and, and now it's coming to fruition. Or will we be sitting there next year saying, this is just a trend with this team and this management. There's there's something missing. And we're not going to know the, know the answer to that, of course, until next year. But at the moment, they're not getting over the line in these tight games. That is that is a, certainly a big missing piece. It's one all with 10 minutes to go. Yeah, There's the type of team that wins that game and there's the type of team that loses that yeah. game. And generally it will end one all. Yeah. But, you know, unfortunately, Ireland seem to be trending on the type of team that loses it. Like, what do you think, though? Like, do you, like you know, there's, there's know. you know, that concern is there. But I suppose we don't know, and and that's why I kind of, that's why I find the the Kenny in or out stuff sort of tiresome, or the fact that he's getting a free ride. Nobody, I don't, well, not many anyway, are suggesting that Stephen Kenny's the man forever. We're just saying that the World Cup campaign was what it was, and then we made a commitment to the Euros campaign. Yeah, and I'm almost saying like, what happens in the Nations League is you're looking for good signs, but it it doesn't matter up until we see what happens in the Euros campaign. You know, yeah. so. I hope, I, I really do hope, and the, the under-23 thing is significant. People do improve, they get more caps, they're going to be a lot more experienced now than if they went the way of what some of the people in the media who are suggesting that Stephen Kenny's not doing a, uh, is doing a bad job would like us to have done, which is to keep the likes of James Collins around or, may, or you know more experience yeah. on the pitch and not blood the likes of Troy Parrott, not blood the likes of Michael Obhemi. Josh Cullen must have nearly 20 caps now. He's, he's, oh, yeah, he's, 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 a, he's a regular in the team. So on, across the, the defenders especially. No Shane Duffy, no Seamus Coleman. Yeah. That's a brave move that he made last Saturday. And you can't say it didn't work out. I don't think that... Uh, back through your brilliance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When you say what is it, I think it's a kind of combination of everything I definitely think there's an inexperienced aspect to it like in, in the second half and I sort of I agree with you Rich I don't think Ireland were as dominant as we like to think in the first half even but in the second half there was a period where Scotland were coming at Ireland and it worked well at times but we were very back to front you know we had Darrow Shea playing through balls and we had Nathan Collins's distribution was brilliant at times but it was all quite direct now I don't mean long ball I mean direct passing but there was definitely a period in the second half where I think a more experienced head or two in there would have said, well, instead of us, the second we win the ball back, firing it into Obafemi's feet, let's take the sting out of Scotland here a touch. And so that's kind of inexperienced and that's acceptable. Now, maybe equally, 
maybe that's a quality thing. Maybe we we don't quite have that ability against a team as good as Scotland to do that. So there's a bit of both there, perhaps. And then also, and Gary Breen made this point in his piece in the Irish Independent, like Stephen Kenny, there, there are various aspects to management. So how good is Stephen Kenny within the 90 minutes? So this yeah. trend of starting games well, often taking a lead. Why did Scotland get hold of the game? And Gary Breen, and we'll go through it with Dan later on, but he teases it out, for instance, the Scottish fullbacks in the first half very deep. That let Malumbi and Knight close them down. And Ireland's back five very in control. And it was a nice solid line, solid base. And so Ireland were in pretty good shape. Second half, Steve Clark, experienced good manager, pushes on those fullbacks in a big way. And it's it's harder and harder for Malumbi and Knight to get out to them. And instead, and you saw this for the equaliser, you have one-on-one with Matt Doherty and their fullback. And so Breen makes the point that at, at that phase of the game, that's where you look at Ireland's midfield and you need fresh legs to really get on and to get after their fullbacks. Because the plan was, Malumbi and Knight, you're on their fullbacks. McLean and Doherty were sitting deep. And so, you know, you could make a worrying argument that in that tactical battle, how did Steve Clark wrestle control of the mm-hmm. game a little bit? And, and that's part of it. So, yeah. it's, you know, there's a whole bunch of things swirling around. And what we do too often in the media is we park all of that and we just go... Do you like Stephen Kenny's approach or Big Sam's approach? It's one or the other. No, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, and look, I mean, I think I think more and more people are probably on board with the fact that progressive approach is probably the only way forward, and it doesn't necessarily have to be Stephen Kenny. And that's where yeah. the debate that's where the debate comes in. Um, I would just I, I think your point about in game is a hundred percent and worth exploring even further and worth looking for in games going forward. I would just say on the experienced heads getting the kind of getting you know, the ball down and calming things down a little bit. I don't mean to be disrespectful to anyone because, I mean, we've had some incredible results and stuff over the years, but I've seen every game all of those experienced players have played and I never got the sense that we were calm in those circumstances. I agree, and that's why I said you know, it could be an experienced thing or it could also be a quality Yeah, thing. because Ireland, to be honest, I thought at times on Saturday did that exact job better than we've ever done in the past or not ever done but in the last say 10 years where I've been there at the Aviva Stadium on so countless occasions just thinking just take a second just don't like and and really like trying to hoof it so much that they mishit it and it doesn't even go anywhere or just goes up in the air we've done that so countless times Uh, whereas like what happened was I thought there was a barrage of Scotland pressure after the equaliser that was it didn't look like Ireland were going to survive and then Obafemi um, obviously an amazing break very similar to what he did at Swansea earlier in the year where he um, set up Parrot, perfect pass Parrot misses but actually Ireland calmed down from that point on mm. and I thought we're playing much I better think, yeah. and uh, that's a, maybe it wasn't the first half second half and Richie's probably making a fair point there but actually in periods Ireland played well and actually calmed it down at that point having been massively under the cosh in a way that I don't think we would have done in the past and again I just think you get unlucky with something like the penalty of decision. Can, yeah. I mean, the Oberfamming pass, I agree. How often we, do we see players make a mess of them? Because you're moving at such speed, there's a certain pressure on the pass because mm. it's a big chance and then you have to execute it as well and they generally go wrong. It was such a good pass and none of Parrot's touches inspired you. His, his body shape never looked good. The ball was yeah. under his feet. Um, so you're not going to hammer a 20-year-old because he's obviously very talented. It is the thing he needs to do in but his game though and I've seen enough of him and so has everybody chance. else that yeah. I just saw it in and I was like this isn't his 
Forte. This isn't his cup of tea here. You know, it's like he's going to overthink it and he did a little bit, unfortunately. Um, he'll get better at it. You know he will, but I hope he gets to that point where that's automatic. Yeah. Uh, just on, sorry, lastly on this then, yes. just on the positives, on something like maybe there being a lot of long balls in the first half. Scott played an incredibly high line. That was something that we were trying to take advantage of. And I thought that, you know, Obafemi was very, very good at it. And he was, he was, more ball was coming back from balls up to the striker than I've seen from Ireland in a long time. And then when Ogbené came on, stepped it up again. I thought he was fantastic. And the form that he's shown, he's just willing to try things. He's willing to, to he's willing to do things. They seem to come off nearly all the time for him. You know what I mean? Don't forget, like he was in as well in the second half. He was like f- dragged down three times by the same guy in the same move yeah. for a yellow card. You know, there was a chance on there as well. So like, I, I just thought Ireland kept going for it and, and were trying things, you know, in a way that... Uh, we haven't always seen in the past. And this is, again, I don't know if, it all, if everything has to be about Stephen Kenny. It doesn't. It's almost the development of these players that have played season, two seasons of international football now. And I think they're coming into their own a little bit. And I, uh, that's why, obviously, in a trend, you have to talk about results. Of course you do. But after every individual game, the result doesn't have to be the be-all and end-all. I thought there was a huge amount of positives to take out of Saturday. We start the news round. I'll get to some of your texts in a moment. It's brought to you with Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your days. Zemo going on his own! He gets the try! The Red 78. We're both Monster people. Nobody knows Monster rugby better. Carberry gets over the line! Try from Monster! Available every Wednesday. Don't miss a moment of action. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. Stephen Kenny was talking this afternoon, Richard, this morning indeed. <clears throat> Certainly was. Yeah, he says he'll make one or two changes for tomorrow night's Nations League visit of Armenia. One of those alterations will definitely be in midfield with Josh Cullen suspended. Ireland need to win tomorrow night's game to stave off relegation from League Two. And despite the underwhelming finish to the latest Nations League campaign, Kenny insists that there has been one major positive. We can see the emergence of players. You know, we can see the emergence of players. And that's that's critical. That's been critical for us as a nation. It's been critical for us, you know, as a team. To, to, you know, to see, you can see players that are only going to get better. That's what you can see. You can see players that on an upward curve in their career that are going to improve by the time to get into the European Championship from March to November next year in a year's time, they're going to even be better. And you can see that. That's, that's, that's by design. And the players themselves have got themselves into that position, into the team by their performances at club level. And with it, with it, with the international team. Well, one thing, regardless of how the qualification campaign goes for the Euros next year in 2023, say, for instance, I, I hope it's not the case, but say it didn't go well and Stephen Kenny and the FAI decide, well, that's that. Whoever the next manager in is, Richie, will say, well, thank you mm-hmm. very much, Stephen, because you're handed me a team that are on average 25 years of age or younger and they've got more caps than most at that age. So you've been an unbelievable stepping stone. You know, like come 2024, whether we're at the Euros or not, whoever's in charge will look at the squad and say, wow, this is great profile. Yeah, and only getting younger. You look at what's there in Jim Crawford's under 21 squad as well that could probably take the step up uh, with you know immediate effect some of whom were as young as, uh, as 17 in one instance. Um, similarly, there's probably another couple of granny rulers out there as well that we haven't even discovered yet. So whoever does pick up the reins from Kenny, uh, if he does happen to relinquish them, of course, at the end of that Euros campaign, like he's, he's got it made in the shade as regards a team of a really youthful profile with a lot of international experience under their belt, good and bad, who can you know weather 
any storm going forward. And Kenny, will, I just hope he, like from his point of view, he'll hope that he, he's the one to reap the benefits of that because I don't that that should never be overlooked. Whatever happens in the next eighteen months, two years, the you know sea change in personnel uh, on the international front has just been immense. Like people like Chidelzi Benny being spoken of in the way that he's spoken of in international football. The way Josh Cullen has been handed, you know, such a important role in midfields. The way Andriamo Bamadelli almost looks like he's been missed now because he's been missing for a year. But you kind of think that somebody who at the age of 2021, 20, like a ridiculously young age, is is now an integral part of the defence. Like these are huge things and huge benefits that are going to work in any manager's favour favour going forward. Mm. So uh, you mentioned the 21s. They're in Tel Aviv tomorrow. And first leg goal scorer Evan Ferguson is a doubt for that under-21 Euro playoff second leg in Israel. The Brighton striker is nursing an ankle injury. Ferguson's goal at Tallah Stadium on Friday night saw the first leg finish 1-1. So plenty of text in as there always is when talking about Ireland. Kenny and his team are doing a great job. They're improving in every game. More confident, technically better. This is a long-term project. Whereas right next to that text message, somebody (laughs) says, not good enough, one up, then one down. When are you going to stop making excuses? That's DG. Agree mix, says James and Cork. Whatever happens tomorrow night, Kenny is there until the Euros qualification. So everyone needs to get behind him. Similar to England fans calling for Southgate to go. These games ultimately don't really matter. They do and they don't. I mean, they matter at the start when Stephen Kenny says we're going to try and win the group. And they matter when you're trying to ensure you have uh, the safety net of a playoff if you don't make it through the group stages of Europe qualification, which, by the way, is a, a distinct possibility when you consider England and most likely France will be number two seeds. Like, we could get a stinker of a group here. So suddenly, what you do in the Nations League could give you a playoff game to make it to the Euros. So the days of us talking about the Nations League as not mattering, I really disagree with. This tournament, and I think we all thought it on Saturday night, is very vibrant and yeah. it's a great tournament. And so these games do matter. Absolutely. And 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 you know what? I might have said that they didn't matter earlier and I, I didn't mean it that way. Of course they matter. They're competitive. They're not friendlies. And like I, I love the Nations League. I mean, that was an amazing atmosphere yeah. the other night for, you know, what ultimately would have been a friendly window in, in another time. But no, like what I mean is we've kind of come down to the fact now that the Euros qualification is a be-all and end-all for this regime. Yes. And sort of whatever comes before ultimately doesn't... Now, I mean, you lose tomorrow night, we get relegated, we get it knocked out of a, a possible playoff. There's another big issue there, of course, and it's worthy of further discussion, but, you know, say we don't. Say it's not an amazing performance, it's 1-0, or it's a draw even. You, you We do ultimately kind of... Everything is almost this is your last chance but it's a fresh slate for what could, as you said could be a very very tough draw Yeah, uh, which we'll find out in a couple of weeks yeah 9th of October draw being made in Frankfurt so there is live football this evening as well Shamrock Rovers yeah it's pretty crucial as well for events at the top of the table Rovers can open up a 5 point lead at the top of the SSE or Tristy Premier Division they play the last of their games in hand it's against UCD Stephen Bradley making one change to the side held to a goalless draw at Shelburne last week with Lee Grace in for Ronan Finn and a slight rejig of the wide areas there is an 8pm start at Tala Stadium for that one and Rich we heard from Stuart Lancaster today we did. He's confirmed that he's leaving Leinster at the end of this season to take up the position of director of rugby at Racing 92. He's been with Leinster since 2016, working under head coach Leo Cullen as senior coach. Lancaster has signed a four-year contract with the top 14 Giants and their current head coach, Laurent Trevere, 
will assume the role of chairman of the management board at the end of the season. Lancaster was asked today why the time was right to leave. There's been approaches from clubs in the past. Um, the uh, proactiveness of them impressed me and the values of the organisation, you know, um, at Jackie Lorenzetti, who was very uh, impressive, but also a uh, very good family man, um, very good values at the club. I got a very good feel uh, about the club, a very sort of Leinster type feel about the values piece, which I think is really important to me. Um, the challenge of going and coaching in the top 14, I think, you know, playing in the, in the, in the big stadiums in France away from home and obviously the Defense Arena in Paris is, is some stadium. Uh, coaching a new group of players um, and, uh, and challenging myself to get myself, get my philosophy across in, in a foreign language, you know, and the, and the growth that will give me as a coach, I think, is, is, is a part to play as well. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'm 52 now, let's say I do, you know, the four years there, 56, you know, I'd still love to to do other things beyond that as well. You know, who's, who's to know whether I stay on or not, but, you know, it opens up opportunities maybe in the Southern Hemisphere or possibly back in Ireland. Who knows? That'd be a, maybe the dream. Going to be a big loss. So very much Racing 92's gain. We'll be chatting with Rory O'Connor and Fiona Hayes after 8 o'clock Monday Night Rugby. Kellen Doris, by the way. Yeah, staying with Matters Leinster, Caelan Doris ruled out of their first interprovincial derby of the season. He's undergoing return to play protocols this week and will miss the trip to Ulster as a result. James Ryan and Will Connors have respective hamstring and back injuries. They'll have them assessed this week, but Jemison Gibson Park and Jordan Larmer should be available, having missed the game against Benetton. Texting would have started with the more experienced Duffy and Coleman as they tend to rise to the big game occasions. Also, was very disappointed that Agbene, who, as we know, can score goals, did not start. I don't think you can criticise the Duffy omission. I think that was proven to be correct. Coleman, maybe on account of Doherty's mistake, comes to the fore. And Yag Benny's been in great form. I guess there was, there's an arguable sense that, based on what they did against Scotland in June, that you give Parrot and Obafemi another chance together. I think there is a semblance of a partnership there for sure as well. In, in open play, general play, I thought both played very well. I thought like Parrot, Parrot does an awful lot well. You know, it's just... We do need. We need to figure out who the goal scorer is going to be in that yeah. team. You know, like I mean, we hoped for a little while that it was going to be Callum Robinson, and that was probably a, not a flash in the pan. Is probably the wrong word, but it was a purple uh, patch of form. So I don't know who the goal scorer is going to be. We need. I suppose it's Ogbené, uh, Obafemi, or Parra to just start <laughs> knocking in a few. Like. Yes, I mean, we where it's worked for Ireland have been these weird periods where Callum Robinson does something extraordinary and unfortunately it is extraordinary it's not the ordinary and so he's reverted back to mean and then the two lads do something ridiculous against Scotland like the two goals that Parrot and Obafemi scored they're just not your meat and two veg that's a replica we can roll out in the next game kind of goal on either front so there's a reason our our record striker Richie's dog agrees. Richie's dog agrees. Like Robbie Keane pointed I'm about to make. Yeah, but there's a reason our record striker has 64 goals and the next best has 21. Yeah. You know, people don't generally score regularly in international no, football. There's, there's a real chance we underappreciated Robbie Keane. Oh, here we go. Yes. <laughs> 100% we did. But we appreciated him massively. He's got three times then. more goals than the next highest uh, Irish goal scorer of all time. Uh, so any manager could pick a load of young players and get poor results. A computer program could do it for free. See, Damien Delaney was sort of making this argument with me in Virgin as well. Like, there's only so much credit you can give just because someone's picking young players and not getting results. Is that a great achievement? Is that something that other managers couldn't do? There's an in-between, though. Yeah. There's, he's picking young players and not getting results, but 
I think most people agree we're, there's an improvement in performances and we're they're playing quite well. Mm. No, maybe maybe not. Maybe Damien Delaney doesn't think that at all. But I I do. I thought we played again. Thought we played well in possibly our last three games. Yeah. And maybe the results haven't been there. We've got four points from the last three games. Mm. The text continued about media cheerleaders and we can't afford to sack him. So let's stay with him. I think the issue isn't one of cost. It's more disruption. And who do you get? at this stage as well who do you bring in uh, somebody says the defensiveness of Stephen Kenny is admirable are we going to ignore his comments to judge him on the Nations League results Connor from Dunleary don't think he said judge him on the results but he did say he would top the group I think that's a fair point and uh, well tune in after nine as well I don't think we'll be overly uh, defensive of how Stephen Kenny managed the 90 minutes on Saturday can I be briefly defensive of my defensiveness very briefly okay I just I just don't <laughs> think I, I think I have an opinion on really, really despising watching Ireland for over 10 years. And being terrible. And there boring, was, some, there was yeah. some good results in there and they were great days, don't get me wrong, but most of the time I was watching them thinking, how come we can't get the ball against Georgia? You can't tell me we don't have better yeah. players than Georgia or even Gibraltar at times, right? And it's like, I wanted to see a new approach and that approach is happening and it's not going that well so far in terms of results, but in other ways, we're seeing signs of progress. It's nothing to do with Stephen Kenny. It's just that I, I want to see a new generation of, our, of Irish players playing a certain way and we're seeing a bit of that and I believe in it. So it's a personal opinion. Yeah. But it's not just this media uh, conspiracy that we're all behind the no, guy who uh, I've never met. should reassure the texture. We didn't all get together in a room and uh, decide our collective outlook on Stephen Kenny. <laughs> I, uh, you mentioned Georgia. I've been to a few Georgia games in this job over the years. The most recent one... Was it McCarthy was the manager? They had 60-odd percent of the possession. Here's the interesting thing about Georgia, if you haven't been at the games. <laughs> they sort of play in slow motion, Georgia. <laughs> like, it's like, you know, when, when you, you watch, you walk by an Astro pitch and you see a five-side and it's a bunch of lads in their 60s, but they were all good ballers in their day. So yeah. they're keeping possession, but it's like on it's slow motion. That's sort of like Georgia against Ireland. And they were having 60, 70 percent possession against us because anytime we got the ball, we just boot it back to them. Yeah. And that, like, what? That was no way forward. was that better? And we weren't even beating them for a finish either, by the way. Plus, football is changing. So, you know, it's going one way. The rules are going one way. The refereeing is going one way. The profile of players is going one way. You have to play a certain brand of football. And actually, the brand of football on Saturday, the balance, where Bazuna went long early and it was direct at times. It wasn't just, Gary Breen even made the point, it wasn't passing for passing sake. There was a good balance to that. So there's lots of things that are getting better. The results aren't. And look, to the texture who said a computer program can do that. I mean, you can get a computer program journalism as well and we'll just say win good, lose bad. There's more nuance than that. Yeah. Richie, I think we're pretty much done. Anything uh, you really want to squeeze in before we go from the weekend? Yeah, worth mentioning the rowers, Fintan McCarthy and Paula yes. Donovan added a World Championship gold to their growing collection of medals. The Skibbereen duo won the men's lightweight doubles goals in the Czech Republic on Saturday. It is O'Donovan's incredibly fifth consecutive World Championship gold. Earlier that day, Margaret Kremen and Aoife Casey took bronze in the women's lightweight doubles goals. Snida Pushpur won a third world medal, claiming bronze alongside Zoe Hyde in the women's doubles goals. And all of that followed Friday's gold in the Parrot women's singles goals for goalies Katie O'Brien regardless of what happens tomorrow night against Armenia this is rowing country very good thanks for the time in nice lads Michael thank you thank you